0: Thank you for tuning into to a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy!
1: Well, good morning! Again, welcoming to Centerpoint Church. My name is Aaron Master. I'm a pastor here. If you've never been before, you'll notice our style is maybe a bit different than a traditional church. But what we want you to know is that every week we still see the Bible as authority here. We take God super seriously, and we want to give you the next step or help you take a next step in your relationship with God every time you're here. This week, what we're doing is we're wrapping up our three-week series called "Christmas Spirit the Right Way." And if you don't have at least a little more Christmas excitement from the kids on stage here? Well, you really need to study this series. You do Uh, because lots of children singing about Jesus on Christmas or around Christmas is amazing. It's amazing and it gets us closer to having Christmas spirit the right way. But I can sense some of you already as as you're coming in. I, I noticed it on some of your faces. Some of you are getting a bit burnt. You're a bit burnt out on Christmas. We're one week away and you're ready because you've been ready for a while now for Christmas to be done and over. So when I say you're ready, what I mean is some of you are at your wits end and you're ready to like light that tree up, right? You're ready to let that thing go and just get rid of that Christmas tree, whether it's like starting a little fire and just let it go. Hopefully not yet. You still got a week. Uh, maybe maybe you're, you're sick of seeing any more Christmas cookies please, no more cookies, because I don't want to fall to temptation again, right, is maybe what you're thinking. Maybe you're ready to ground the kids, lock them in a room, and be like, fend for yourself, and you're not even on winter break yet. Maybe you're ready for your schedule not to look like this in the cramming one more Christmas thing, right? Or maybe you might like burst if you hear one more Christmas song. Hopefully not, because we have more Christmas music set for this service. So these are a bit exaggerated, at least I hope for you, uh, but, but what, what I'm saying is there's a lot of pressure around this time of year, and some of us might be ready, some of us have experienced this pressure, some of us are just done with it, myself included. My wife the other day, she maybe wore Christmas jammies last week in public in front of other people from church. I'll spare the picture of them in there because like, I thought they might leave the church if I showed that. But anyways, I am so ready to go back to summer where jammies are unnecessary. Uh, but but there are a lot of Christmas extras that are great and all but they can hijack the holiday on its true meaning. So what we've done this month is we've looked at three particular things that happen around the Christmas time that I believe are started by the Christian Christmas story and can be fully honorable to God when we do them but they can also be the thing that hijacks Christmas from its true honor to Jesus. The three things we've covered, so we did gifts, it was the first week, Uh, and then we did family time, and then this week it's the main event, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. If you've been here the past two weeks or so, in this series we've covered literally every verse there is or in scripture about Jesus' birth and the days leading up to it. But if you somehow missed it or not super familiar with the story, I want to get you caught up with a cute version that covers a lot of it with some embellishments a bit um, but you check it out i'll show it to you it's a bit longer than normal but it'll give you the full christmas story
2: the angel came to mary what is this like doing in my house and then like the an angel was like what what do you want with me don't be afraid mary you're gonna have a baby And then he said, you will give birth to baby Jesus. Um, okay. I'm very excited about this. I'm very happy, too. And then it just went away. And then the angel showed up to Joseph. Mary's not lying, you're going to have a baby. You should get married to... Mary take care her and keep her safe from anything. And Joseph took his wife, Mary, to Bethlehem and she was pregnant. Mary was riding on a donkey. Or a camel. Or a tiny horse with a cart. Aw, he's so cute. Are we there yet? Oh wow, this is a really bumpy ride. They got there and there were no rooms for them. I saw things were really busy. Can you check in back later? Can't you see the sign? No rooms. We have no rooms. I think there's a conference
3: or like a census or something. They kept going to like every inn, and we're just like, can we have like a place to sleep because she's having a baby? And then like everyone was saying no, but one inn's just like, I'm sorry, all our rooms are full, but I do have a stable
2: that you could use. It's the best I can offer. She gave birth to him in a stable and she put him in swaddling clothes and put him in a manger. There was um, a black sheep and a white sheep. Cows, chicken, horses, rabbits. A deer, and a hippo. A lion. The stable was really stinky. The stable was really stinky. And then angels appeared to shepherds out in some fields nearby. Shepherds a freaked out because you never saw him. Uh, angels or anything. And they said, don't be afraid. I have good tidings of great joy. That will be for all the people. There is a baby in a, what is it called? And swall- swallowing clues and lying in a manger. And then a whole bunch of angels came and sang the song.
3: <laughs> so the first shepherd probably said like, "This like angel like what he's saying is like really cool like maybe we should like go and see the manger." And then the second shepherd was just like, "Oh yeah like agreeing with him." And then the third shepherd was like so excited he always he already ran off to go. And they went through some bushes and mud.
2: And then a the star appeared and the wise man said, Wow, that's a really, really big star. Yeah, that's really bright. Let's go follow it. Um, we should bring gifts. The wise man followed the star to his stable and brought gifts for the baby. Gold, dishes, and fur. I'll give him some like, some money maybe. And I'll give him some hugs. I'd give a definitely a lot of hugs. I'll give him a horse. I will give him a doll set. I'll give him a torch set. The wise men bring gold, for instance, and myrrh. And they bowed down and they worshiped him. Your baby's so beautiful. That's baby Jesus. That's Jesus. Yay, I'm so glad I could be here. Oh, I think you're cute. I love you, baby Jesus. I love you. You're the best.
3: You're the best baby in the whole world. You're so beautiful and nice, and I know you're gonna go to be someone really cool. And, like, I know, like, I know you're gonna die yeah. on the cross for us, so, like, we, like, I don't know, like, forgive my sins and stuff.
2: Probably, I think you'd be the best king in the world. We love you, Jesus. We're so glad that you came to the earth.
1: So it's pretty cute, and there are definitely some embellishments there, but there are also just some things I think we generally think are part of the Christmas story, that aren't actually in the Bible. Like, nowhere in Scripture does it say that Mary rode a donkey or a camel or anything like that. Neither does it say that about the wise men. It doesn't say whether there were three of them or not. It doesn't say anything about people showing up on that that exact, exact birth date, but around that time is what it says. It doesn't say that Jesus was born specifically in a barn or a stable, but simply Jesus was placed in a manger, which we can then assume would be with animals. And just to clarify, it also says nothing about trucks or dollhouses given or shepherds falling into mud or anything of that sort. Uh, but as a whole, this is basically the Christmas story. And typically we hear it told around the Christmas time. But why? Why? Why do we tell and revisit this story every year? Like, why do we celebrate Christmas or Jesus' birth and make such a big deal about it? I mean, did you know, Jesus never actually asked us to remember his birthday. He asked us to remember his death and resurrection, but never his birthday. Luke twenty-two nineteen 19, it says, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me, as in, take time to remember me and my death. I say all this, and you might be thinking, well, then why all the extra commotion and hustle this season, right? Why all the commotion for this holiday? I mean, a baby's born. They're born all the time. Woohoo! sure, it's God's, which means it's perfect. It's a perfect baby. But if you ask any parent about their newborn, what do they say? It's perfect. He's perfect, right? If you're thinking this, you're kind of a Scrooge. But it's a real thought, right? Like, why all the commotion? Why all the extra work? Why all the festivities, the cooking, the parties, the celebrations and services on Christmas or right around the Christmas day? I mean, if you've been in the Christian church for some time now, you know Christmas and Easter are big days. It's like the Super Bowl of church. Us pastors and staff, we make a big deal about it. But why is celebrating the birth of Jesus or the birthday of Jesus so important? Why should it be important to you today? Have you ever thought about that? In the Bible, there are two people who model and show us their excitement for Christmas and and why it is so important. Their names are Anna and Simeon, and they might not be super familiar to you with the typical Christmas story, but they're people who are excited about Jesus being born in Scripture. I'm going to give you a little glance at them, and where we're looking today is in Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. And where we're picking up is just a few days after Jesus is born. It says this, the early version of child dedication that we do today minus the doves and pigeons. We don't really do that part. But Mary and Joseph, they're bringing baby Jesus to this church to present him to the Lord and commit him to God. Many parents do that today for their children here at this church. They come up on stage to make a promise before the church that they're going to raise their child to know Jesus and have a connection with the Lord. But what it continues in the scripture we're looking at today. It says this. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the word consolation, it's defined as this. It it says this, the comfort received by a person after a loss or disappointment. And it's someone coming or something coming to bring comfort after a loss or a tragedy. And currently, Israel or, or God's people of the Old Testament, they were in this discomfort, this disconnect from God. They've gone through having to make animal sacrifices to try and make things right between them and God. They've gone through uh, really great behaviors of trying to live for God and then completely missing. They've had like amazing kings and then horrible kings. The people follow God and look to him and then they disobey him and not look to him at all. And on and on and on. And what happens is, There is a lot of disconnect and discomfort going on for God's people, but they're waiting on this promised Savior as predicted in the Old Testament to come at some point is what the scriptures allude to. So they've waited for God to send someone or something to make things right for his people forever, to console them. So Simeon is waiting for this, and it says, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So he's expecting to physically see something at this point in his life, or at some point in his life. It says, moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the customs of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Can you imagine that moment? Like, can you imagine that moment for Simeon? Like, this moment of clarity, of God fulfilling his promise and showing up. The awe he must have had then. Or even the moment for Mary and Joseph. Can you think about that for a second? Of them being affirmed by someone else that, that God is actually in this. God is actually in what has been unfolding. Like, I'm sure they had some nervousness of all their unique circumstances. Like, is this really true or are we just unlucky? The, the vir, a virgin birth, uh, unwedded, uh, travel to a distant town, random people visiting. Is this God or is this just unlucky? It then says, though, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. As in, God will come to make things right for all. Next comes Anna. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84 she never left the temple but worshiped night and day fasting and praying coming up to them at the very moment she gave thanks to god and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of jerusalem can you imagine being her like waiting every night for some good news from god like like waiting on god to bring hope for something different for her for her people and then finally, finally, this baby arrives, and she just knows this is it. You see, the arrival of this baby, it it wasn't just a birthday, but it was a fulfillment of a promise from God for hope, joy, love, and peace to Israel, God's people, through a Messiah who has arrived. Sure, the actual birth story of Jesus is It's a fun, epic story, but it isn't the reason it's great and worth celebrating. It's because we see God is getting close to finishing his promise in the Old Testament. I think the last verse we looked at says it well. It says, She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. The arrival of Jesus was this promise from God finally being close and visible to completion. Now, as you sit here and think what it must have been like for them to wait for things or to wait for this for generations, I want to ask you, are any of you maybe just waiting on something in your own life today? Maybe it's something similar to what God's people would have been waiting for, like, like joy. You just want more joy. You just want to be less depressed in life. Or maybe it's peace, like less stressed, less worried, less worried. Or maybe maybe for you it's love, like you just want to be accepted. Or, or finally, maybe it's hope. You need something to look forward to moving forward in life. Christmas is this day where God's people, they get this glimpse that there's something coming. There's something coming. This is kind of an odd question, but have any of you out there craved brownies before? Come on now, who, who are the people that crave brownies? Okay, five of you, uh, I'm with you. You and We should all eat brownies later, us five, okay? Uh, but but we've craved brownies, or at least I've craved brownies before, but I crave them quite often, and I'll drop a hint to my wife, like, hey, brownies sound good today, or brownies sound good at some point, and what will happen is it's pretty unknown when they'll actually come. Like, it could be an hour later, it could be days later. Like, you asked for brownies, and I'll be like, then, not now. Uh, but, anyways, it, you never know exactly when they're going to come with my wife, Sydney. But when someone starts making brownies, it starts with mixing the batter, right? You're mixing the batter, which is exciting if you wanted brownies and you saw it. But you wouldn't know that it was happening until you actually saw that happening. Well, I feel that's kind of like what God was doing in the waiting time of Jesus' arrival for Israel for the hundreds of years prior. The batter's mixing. But when the brownies hit the oven, When they go into the oven, you're like, they're close, right? You know something's happening. You know, you can smell it. And this is actually, is like the actual arrival of Jesus to some of these people, like Anna and Simeon and the wise men and the shepherds. They still don't have the brownies completed. They don't have what the Messiah brought yet. But they know they're getting close to consolation as promised by God. But unlike us today, today and knowing Jesus' full life, there are a lot of unknowns that they had that we don't have today. They didn't know, like, how is it going to happen? How is he going to console us? Like, how does a baby fix this? When will it happen exactly? And really, you're leaving this baby with two teenagers? Really? Like, just think of the questions, right? The questions maybe even Mary had. Like, did she know fully what was going to happen to her son, her baby son? Like, what was going to unfold moving forward with him to console their people? There's a popular Christmas song that's called Mary, Did You Know? And it's assuming all that birth stuff that we just talked about. Like, she knew her son was, was special and from God. But it makes us think, some of the other questions, like, did you know how Jesus will be the consoler? Did she know that? Did she know that he'd have to do certain things? So I'm going to have the band actually sing a popular Christmas song called, Mary, Did You Know? And as we sing it or, or think about it, I hope you just process some of those questions that would maybe be going on for Mary.
0: Mary, did you know That your baby boy Could one day walk on water Mary, did you know Baby
1: This child that you delivered will soon deliver you, will give sight to a blind man, will one day rule the nations, is heaven's perfect lamb. But specifically, did you know Jesus, your baby, will die as the perfect lamb for all mankind? For us today, we get to see the timeline. We have the blessing of seeing it finished and fulfilled. And that fulfillment that happened 30 years later after his birth is completed by Jesus' death and resurrection and his word of offering forgiveness and eternal life for us through him. Jesus says this in John 1125 25-26, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And that never dying is a time after we pass here on earth to a resurrected life in a time and place with God. A time where, as Revelation 21-4 says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying Or pain for the old order of things has passed away. So today we can have love, joy, hope, peace, and experience it fully because we see that God has provided the first noticeable steps of His promise on Christmas, but we also see it fulfilled on Easter. We can have the joy knowing that we're good enough to God by our belief in Jesus. We can have the hope because we know one day we'll be with God. We can have peace because we know God will make things right for us forever in the future. And we can, love or lo- we can have love for God and others because God displays it to us through his offering. The first Christmas is the start of getting us towards that. That we know today goes through some tragedy, but ultimately triumph. The brownies are in the oven and we know they'll be done and perfect soon. You see, today, on Christmas, we get to celebrate the birth of Jesus, but more specifically, we get to reflect on the birth of a person who would later give his life for us. Simeon and Anna, they were excited about the first Christmas, even not knowing this future, or how sad and ultimately how amazing it would turn out for them. For you today, in the main Christmas event in sight, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, you need to remember that, like how amazing it turns out for you in the end through Jesus, that like God's promise started with a frail baby. Maybe for you, you need to remind yourself how amazing it turns out for you in the end when you're with God, like specifically, you're waiting on a family member, or you're waiting on healing, or you're waiting on more joy, or less oppression, or you're waiting on a child, or you're waiting on a fix. This Christmas, let the start of God's promise remind you how waiting is part of God's plan, but that he does come through in the end with ultimate hope, joy, peace, and love. He'll come through for you. So as we go into this final week of Christmas, I want us to celebrate the start of all this, but then also remember the death of Jesus, because without it, Christmas would just be another perfect baby, right? Another perfect baby born. But I believe there's no greater way to acknowledge Jesus and his divinity than specifically remembering his death this Christmas and by taking communion together as a church. Now, I see maybe some of you are thinking, communion, really? Like, eh, communion, it, communion makes people feel kind of awkward or, or nervous in a sense, especially if you're just visiting. Questions like, can I take communion here? Like the bread and the juice, like, can I do that? Or like, should I? How do, how do I know if I'm ready to take communion? So I want to be extremely clear because I never want you to feel uninformed when you're here at a service or anything about church here. So to be clear, any person is welcome to take communion here. It could be your first time here or your hundredth time here. The only prerequisite is that you are a follower of Jesus, as in you are a Christian Communion, what it is, is, is a symbolic act to remember Jesus' death and resurrection for us. And we do it by eating bread, remembering his body was given for us, his physical body. And then we drink wine or juice to remember his blood being shed, his death. It's, it's hard to partake in actually remembering that if you don't believe it, right? So you must believe that Jesus is what is needed for your freedom and forgiveness from sin. So if you're a Christian and today you feel like you're in community with others right now or other Christians who may or may not be a part of this church, but you're all unified around this common belief and need for Jesus, you then should absolutely take communion here today. It's this beautiful moment where we get to see like God accepts all no matter where they are at in their faith walk. If you're a follower of Jesus, there's no need to wait or think, I don't know if I'm ready for communion yet. That seems really serious or "I'm I'm not good enough for that yet. Communion is the fact that we need God and you aren't ever going to be good enough on your own. Communion is embracing that God is what's necessary to make you right. So again, if you're a Christian, you're ready for communion today. Today, you might not be a Christian in the room right now. To you, maybe until, until now christmas and the was just literally a birth of a person or jesus and like it was something you celebrated and then easter it was just like a story about death and resurrection uh like if that was you and you've just kind of thought it as that way but now you're starting to see and hearing how god has done these things specifically for you because we've all done things against god and need a savior to console us Jesus is that bridge, he's the gap, he's making the gap uh, accessible to us by sacrificing his life for our wrongs that separate us from God so that we can be with him. If this is hitting home for you for the first time where it's real and you want to accept the gift of Jesus' life for you and to follow him, simply tell him that and say, I accept you Jesus, I accept what you've done, I believe in you and I want the hope, peace, joy and love that comes with you and you are ready for communion with us today. When you express that to God, you're a Christian. So as we prepare ourselves to take communion today, the Bible says one thing, to, one thing we should do prior, and it's this in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight, 28. It says, Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Now this sounds super serious, but it's just making sure your heart is right towards Jesus. It's, it's making sure that you are ready and there's nothing separating you from him. So I gave, some, gave you some questions to ask yourself to help you make that right again between you and God. Such as, are you relying on him for your freedom or your own works and ability? Assess that. Think about that. Are you missing the true meaning of Christmas and Easter? Do you need to realign some things to have him and his sacrifice be your focus? Is there something that has been weighing you down in your relationship with God? If so, for any of these, go to God, ask for forgiveness, and make amends so that your heart is right towards God. So I want to give you a chance to do that this morning. We're just going to take 30 seconds or so where you can pray in your seat to God. Uh, And I get for like the longtime Christian, like this seems completely normal communion and reflecting and going to God. But if you're a newer Christian in the room or just unsure right now, this can be extremely awkward. So I want to ease your mind just for 30 seconds here. If you're a newer Christian or unsure... I'm so excited for you as you get this amazing bonding moment with other Christians, your church family, especially around Christmas. What you can do right now is to simply speak and talk to God personally in your heart and your mind, in the seats there, and then we'll take communion together with the packets in front of you as a church family. For others here who, who just are not ready or not a follower of Jesus, first off, I just want to say thank you for being here. You're always welcome here. But for you, over this next moment, if you just kind of not partake in communion, and just sit silently in your seat, that would be totally acceptable. With all this said, I'm excited to take communion together as a church and reflect on both the death of Jesus, but also the anticipation and the excitement that they first experienced on Christmas, that Simeon and Anna experienced. One where we get to reflect on the excitement of what's to come, but also the hope, joy, peace, love that we can experience in the end. So we're going to take 30 seconds to examine ourselves and then we'll take communion as one church family with those packets in front of you. All right, you can take your cup, and on the top is the wafer. You can peel that top part off. It says in Scripture, it says in Matthew 26, 26, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. You can eat the bread. It continues, and then it says this. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for their forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine until now on, until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. You can drink the juice. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the arrival of your son and just the excitement that comes with that. But God, we have the blessing to know the full ending. We see the tragedy, but ultimately we see the triumph and the end. So God, I just pray that we can reflect on the excitement, the anticipation that happens on the birth of Jesus this Christmas. Help us look to you and have it be about you so that we can have the Christmas spirit the right way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.